We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all of your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out on CheeseheadTV.com. That was probably not the voice you were expecting to do the intro today. I'm Maggie Loney, and I'm filling in for an under-the-weather Kyle Fellows with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, what's up? Oh, man, after like three and a half years, it's so nice to hear that intro from somebody that's not Kyle. <laughs> How great was that? Yeah, it's it's fun. Like we're we're like really into the off season. We had a like whirlwind week. Next week's going to be absolutely insane with the tampering period and then free agency. So uh, really, really excited about that. I did before we get into the show, just want to say a shout out to Don and Matt from Hey, We Like Your Pod. Uh, who threw some kind words my way in their last episode. And if you if you've never listened to them, it's pretty cool. They they like are are avid listeners of different podcasts, especially Packers focused ones. And um, they had Dusty Ely on the show last week, which was really great to like kind of hear his background. So if you like the episode of Pack a Day where Andy kind of talked about like how he got into it. Um, you know, the Packers writing, Packers podcasting, those kind of things. That was like a really, really cool episode to learn a little bit more about Dusty. Uh, so thank you and and to, thank you to them. And uh, make sure you check out their podcast too. It's called Hey! Exclamation point. We like your pod. Yeah, which is just one of the best podcast names that, you know, <laughs> is existing right now. Um, Pax, what she said is right up there. <laughs> Yeah, I like to take credit for that. Perry always tells people that I originated the name, and I will definitely, you know, brag about that one. Patrick Taylor, when he came on the show, said that he really liked the name of it. So, you know, we've got we've got that that's, going for us. That's something. <laughs> uh, we did get a little bit of news today from the Packers. Um, their sixth stock sale added 176,160 new shareholders, which is insane. The official statement didn't include exact totals just yet. Um, but more than 198,000 shares were sold at $300 a piece. So, you know, if you do the math there, that's like $66 million just shy of that was raised. Um, so now the Packers have more than 537,000 shareholders, and these current funds are going towards ongoing construction projects at Lambeau. Um, they had mentioned some of that would go towards video boards and concourse upgrades. So 
I became a shareholder for the first time this season or this go around of the stock sale. Are you a shareholder, Andrew? I am. In fact, my my stock certificate is hanging right above where I podcast. Um, I got mine during the 2011 stock sale and I was like really new, fresh out of college. I'm uh, my, my very first professional job and not making a whole heck of a lot of money. So the cost seemed really exorbitant at the time, but I was like dedicated to getting that because it was my way of giving back to the franchise. I had given so much to me, to the city of Green Bay, honestly, and to the whole state of Wisconsin. So to me, it's well worth every penny. I don't care if it's just a piece of paper. Um, I've never actually been to the stockholders meeting in the 11 years I've been an owner, uh, even though I <laughs> have lived in Green Bay for most of that time. Uh, but I, it's it's the coolest thing uh, that any sports fan can, can point to to say that you own a little bit of the team, um, even if it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot in the grand scheme of things. It's super cool, and I'd rather have my stock than like, three or four jerseys. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just graduating from high school in 2011 and I'd had zero disposable income. I was putting all my money towards college. So at that time there was no way. And I was like, shoot, that's probably the last stock sale they're ever going to do. And I missed it. So when this one rolled around, I know a ton of people jumped on that and I'm obviously very excited to now have mine framed up in my packer room. And I don't think I had a Twitter account in 2011. And if I did, I didn't use it very much. And if I used it enough, I wouldn't have seen a whole heck of a lot. But like, it was so cool to see all of the new people from all avenues, you know, across the country. I, I don't know if they ever did open it up in Canada. I really hope so. Um, but like to see people get so excited about being able to to have that. Uh, I see a lot of new owners in in their Twitter profiles and and that's just cool. It's awesome. It's it's such a unique thing in sports fandom to really feel like you are part of the organization. But we got some news. Yeah, obviously this is a big big news week for the Packers, but also uh, for the Bears. And we found out uh, today as we're recording on Thursday night that Khalil Mack was traded. Uh, and the Bears are sending him to the Chargers for a second rounder this year in a sixth in 2023, which to me seems like a pretty paltry return for a guy who they got for a small fortune of draft capital and then paid a colossal contract to just, just a few years ago. So the Mac experience didn't work out in Chicago and yet another day where the NFC got worse and the AFC, specifically the AFC West, got a whole heck of a lot better. Yeah, I mean, kind of continuing that, there was so much news this week breaking around the NFL. You know, if you listen to Pack a Day every day, you've heard most of that already. Obviously, quarterback Aaron Rodgers confirmed himself on Twitter that he will be back with the Packers for the 2022 season. Um, Ian Rappaport initially reported that there was a four-year, $200 million contract, um, but Rodgers kind of disputed that and said there were no contract details as of yet. But then the Packers also franchise tagged Devontae Adams, and if that wasn't enough, within the span of like 30 minutes, Russell Wilson was traded to the Broncos, and the next day, the Washington Commanders, which still feels really weird to say, uh, traded for Carson Wentz. So all of that news, you know, what was your initial reaction to that, and even if you want to bundle the Khalil Mack news today? Yeah, can I can I call them the Washington Commander football team? Yes, Is I actually really like that. <laughs> I really okay. like that. Because I, I, I will know, Kyle and I started calling them the footballers 
long before they actually changed their name. And so, um, and, and we had all sorts of fun nicknames, the Dancing Dan Snyders and, and whatever else not to use their <laughs> former nickname. Um, so it's kind of hard to go back to calling them something that uh, sounds a little bit more like an actual professional sports organization. But uh, yeah, so, so much happened, right? Um, part of me... I think was anticipating Rogers not wanting to be back. Um, even though I've, I've held firm this whole time, I thought he would be there. There was still that like kind of doubter in the back of my head. Um, I'm certainly excited to have him back. I am not a huge fan of Rogers as a person, but as a player, he makes the Packers an immediate Super Bowl favorite. And that's what this is about, right? Like, we're not winning awards for sportsmanship. Uh, and so as much as I love a bounty of draft picks, you always take the automatic two to three year window to win a Super Bowl over any talk of a rebuild. Having Devontae back was a necessity once Rogers announcement was made like that. That wasn't going to work. Uh, having Rogers back without Devontae. I am super intrigued to see if they could get a long term deal ironed out with Devontae to help them get closer to the cap number before next week. That that seems really unlikely, right? Like especially since the Packers reportedly haven't had any long term contract talks with Devontae this entire season, that it would get ironed out that quickly would be really interesting. But it also helps them so much in yeah. the cap. And um, I, I wonder if there's some motivation to do that, knowing that they're going to have to keep Devontae around to keep Aaron happy anyways. So maybe just give him the bag and, you know, live with the consequences of that at some other point. I, I personally didn't think the Seahawks got enough for Wilson, especially since Chicago offered three first last offseason and the commanders reportedly were offering three first rounders this year. Their hands were certainly tied with the no trade clause, but why not just wait out Denver? Right. Like the deal's not going to get any worse. You just say, OK, well, we're not going to trade him then. And then force Denver's hand because there was no other quarterback. I mean, were they going to trade for Carson Wentz? Were, <laughs> were, were they going to sign Mitch Trubisky? Were they going to sign Jameis Winston? I mean, maybe. But wouldn't they have just upped their bid a little bit, especially considering all of the draft capital that they still have? Um, by the way. Denver trading Von Miller for a second and a third and then using that as a decent part of the trade piece for Russell Wilson and then potentially re-signing Von Miller. Yeah. It seems like, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it for, for me, for the Seahawks, the trade package is fine if it was standalone. But when you give up two first round picks for Jamal Adams and the highlight of the deal is getting back two first, by the way, one, the, the pick nine is not as high as the Seahawks would have been picking had they not made the Jamal Adams pick, right? <laughs> like, because the Jets have a higher pick than the nine with that. Um, it just doesn't look like a good return. It's weird that they're doing a rebuild when Pete Carroll is like 70 years old. Um, so I don't know. There, there's a lot of things that I, I question about that deal. Yeah, you'll have to listen to Pax, what she said, Andrew, because Perry and I had a really good conversation about um, franchises and if it's better to take the side of your aging head coach or to prioritize a quarterback and what that looks like. But Andrew, that is not what we're here to talk about today, obviously. Instead, let's talk about the elephant on the roster. What happens with Jordan Love now that Aaron Rodgers is back under center in Green Bay for the 2022 season? Yeah, that's really interesting, right? Like, because we don't know. We we haven't heard a whole heck of a lot from Jordan Love. Certainly nothing since since the Rodgers trade. There was a video 
uh, tonight that was going around or Jordan uh, Jordan Love. I almost said Jordan Rogers. Uh, Jordan Love throwing um, somewhere and uh, looking really good, uh, of of course, as as the, all those highlight videos do. But of course, you know, showing off all of those physical skills, he could be super happy with just another year of development. Um, he could ask for a trade. Honestly, he doesn't have any leverage. If the Packers want to keep him, they're going to keep him. But um, he he certainly could go to the front office and ask ask for a trade. Yeah, so let's talk about what that means a little bit because, you know, you we talked about Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson and obviously Aaron Rodgers was the biggest domino to fall there, but you mentioned Mitch Trubisky, there's Marcus Mariota, there's rumors that Derek Carr maybe is getting shopped now that the AFC West is just a, you know, a, a gauntlet to get through. What is Jordan Love's trade value? Does he have one at this point, you know, with, you know, all the quarterbacks that are potentially available in the NFL? Yeah, I, I do think right now the Packers could comfortably get a second-round pick. I'm not saying it would be a high second-round pick, but I, I think there are teams out there who are going to be looking for that. We know there's a lot of quarterback-needy teams. I mentioned some options that are available for them, right? Mitch Trubisky, Janice Winston. There's, You know, you can go further down the line. There's guys like Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor, and um, the list goes on. But nobody's going to get excited about that, and none of those are necessarily options for the future. I think Mitch is the closest thing. Um, but he's going to cost you a bunch of money, right? I'm thinking 15 to 18 million per with Trubisky. And potentially if the market gets hot, you're going to have to give him like a three or four year deal. And that that's a lot to tie up in a guy who quite frankly is pretty unproven. So, uh, to me, it's not enough to get back a second round pick. You know, first the high end development of Jordan love is Josh Allen. That's the outline, right? The physical skills are just as good as Josh Allen. Josh Allen looked really bad um, in his first year. He looked kind of bad at points in his second, and then he figured it out. Well, we don't know, right? Like, he he has that kind of talent. Jordan Love has one of the best arms in the entire NFL. Uh, the physical skills have never been in doubt. It's sort of the processing part of the game, right? Like, I don't want to say mental. It's just that I think Jordan Love trusts his arm to throw into windows that probably don't exist. And so um, I think that that sort of middle ground, I think the fair expectation is to expect something like Jay Cutler. And I, I know people are petrified of that, right, <laughs> of what Jay Cutler did in Chicago. But that's a serviceable quarterback. Jay Cutler was was a quarterback that led, albeit a really good defense, um, but was the quarterback on a team that went to the NFC Championship game and had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I don't think you give up that potential, whether it's Jay Cutler, whether it's Josh Allen, for a second-round pick at this point. Let's say you get that two and you invest it in a pass catcher. There are some really good wide receivers. There's some really good tight ends who are going to go in the second round this year. But would you rather have you know, another wide receiver or potentially someone who could come in and win a game if Rodgers goes down. And like, I'm sorry, but that is just not happening with Kirk Benkert, no matter how much we like the guy and how awesome he is on Twitter and how great a person he seems to be. Like, he's just not at that level and he's not at that point in his career. Could he be in a couple of years? Sure. I don't know. You know, um, there's plenty of guys that develop into really good backup quarterbacks, but he's not there yet. And if you need like a backup quarterback for a three game stretch at any point, love can get you a two and one record and help keep your playoff seating intact, especially in a really, really good roster. So to me, 
you don't do it, but I do want to ask you some hypothetical questions about this, Maggie. So <laughs> um, number one, uh, would you take pick 52? I wrote down Denver. Uh, that's Pittsburgh's pick. Um, w- would you take pick 52, which is, you know, l- middle, lower, uh, second round pick from the Pittsburgh Steelers if they offered it up for Jordan Love? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. See, I think it's really interesting because... It just doesn't feel like there's a sense of urgency for the Packers. I agree with you that, you know, if you're sitting on somebody that Matt LaFleur has been able to develop and work and, you know, we don't know the details of the Rogers contract. Maybe it really is a every year I want to think about my options. If he's so heavily weighed retirement that he almost, you know, closed the door on the NFL this this offseason, what's to say whatever happens next season, whether they go out on top or if something fizzles out in the playoffs, that he's not going to say, okay, I can't keep doing this. I want to retire. And then you've traded away somebody that spent two or three years sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, and you're back at square one at quarterback. So I personally would have a really hard time giving up um, that asset right now, just because, I mean, not to throw Brett Hulney under the bus, but that was kind of the whole thing, you know, when Rodgers broke his collarbone was, can Brett Hulney win enough games to keep you in contention when, when Rodgers gets back? And you could argue, obviously, that Jordan Love is a better prospect and a better developmental talent and could do that better than Brett Hundley was even able to do with a, with a better roster around him also, to be, to be honest. Yeah. So what, what if that's bumped up, right? Like let's say the division uh, comes calling and it's pick 34 from Detroit, which is the second pick of the the second round. Would you bat an eye at that? (laughs) That one's harder. If it was like, you know, the Browns maybe, but if you are sending somebody that has the potential to be a Josh Allen ceiling to Detroit, where they arguably could be the second best team in the division this season. No, can't do it. Okay. One more hypothetical trade. Um, Would you take DK Metcalf for Jordan Love in a second round pick? Are we just pretending that the salary cap does not exist because paying Devonta Adams and DK Metcalf is a nightmare? DK Metcalf is set to make under $4 million this year. 
Now, he would walk in free agency. Right. There's no (laughs) way they could re-sign him. So this is a one-year rental, essentially. I don't, and that kind of, that's probably the most enticing option because if you're talking about going all in, having DK Metcalf, even on a one-year rental opposite Devontae Adams, regardless of who else comes back in the wide receiver room, I would think that would be the most tempting, but I still don't think the Packers bite on something like that. Yeah, I I, I was really just throwing that out there because I did <laughs> ask on, on Twitter, like, what would you be willing to give up for for one year of DK Metcalf, right? Like, I think, I think the Packers' second-round pick is a no-brainer, right? But would the Seahawks want that? I don't think I don't think that's value at this point because they're essentially getting back what they they gave and then you know DK ended up kind of being a superstar, yeah. um, and and so probably not. But it it is a fun hypothetical. One thing that you said that really really stuck out to me is I often forget just like how long a game the Packers can play with Jordan Love. Right? He just yeah. finished his second year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and so the Packers have year three and year four where he's relatively cheap. And then they also have the option of going with the fifth year option yeah. at that point. If, if, you know, if Rogers is going to say, let's play two more years, maybe the Packers win a Super Bowl during that time. And he decides to call it quits. Bang. You got your backup in play and you don't have to worry about figuring it out with pick 32 or trying to, you know, find something off the free agent scrap heap. Um, and you could attend, potentially play this out three more seasons um, and, and still have that in your back pocket. So um, that's exciting. Yeah, it is kind of crazy to think about. And I know, you know, the Packers have gotten so much flack from people about the pick in general and if he doesn't play and if he goes elsewhere and whatever happens. But clearly we've seen from teams like the Steelers and, you know, the Saints that you don't draft a quarterback when you need one because it doesn't always work out or maybe the talent isn't there available for you, which kind of is a good segue. So how do you think Jordan Love compares to the quarterbacks in this draft class? We're talking about teams, quite a few teams that could be in the market for a quarterback. And there's maybe only a couple names that would have first round grades. It's definitely not like the quarterback classes we've seen in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think I think it really depends on how you frame the question, because if you're talking about love as a draft prospect, when I go back and I compare, I think he's like QB two or three in this class. He's pretty close and it kind of comes down to like what flavor you like between Kenny Pickett and and Jordan Love. I definitely say Malik Willis. It would be ahead of, of Jordan Love as a draft prospect. However, you have to add in that he has two years of development in what is widely regarded as a really good quarterback system, right? I mean, the the guy who's the offensive coordinator for the Bears, the head coach for the Broncos, and the head coach that the first head coach to win 13 games in his first three seasons have all been tutoring this guy in his <laughs> first two seasons. And he looked okay in the preseason and a little regular season action. I know people love to be hyperbolic and be like, oh, he was garbage in those games. He was fine. He looked exactly like what you would expect a guy who who hadn't played in a long time and who last played at Utah State to look in those in those situations. He hasn't had a chance to develop bad habits by being pressed into action on a bad team. So that's actually a positive to me. Uh, The draft dudes mentioned on their Tuesday show they'd take love over any quarterback in this class, given what that what he is right now, including Malik Willis. 
I just don't know that means someone would part ways with a middle first round pick, even though Willis is going to go at least that high because of, you know, I, and, and I don't think they would do that just because of the extenuating circumstances around him, right? You get two years less on that deal. So you're going to have to figure out if you like him enough to give him a, that fifth year option within the first two seasons. And then the, the Packers, don't quote unquote need him right now. And I think that hurts their trade leverage. Now, if Jordan Love goes out and blows it up this season, another reason to potentially keep him. Yeah. He's worth a whole heck of a lot more going into next year. Yeah. And the good news is the Packers don't have to decide any of this right now. It's it's gonna be fun to speculate and we'll see obviously what happens. Maybe he moves draft night as a you know a bargaining chip, but Packers have plenty of time to kind of weigh their options here, but free agency does get started next week. We talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. Going to be some really big moves happening. A couple, you know, smaller moves took place around the NFL today. Nothing as eventful as what we saw with the quarterbacks. The Khalil Mack news, of course, pretty big, but Packers legend Jake Kumaro re-signed with the Bills. Um, the Rams are not tendering inside linebacker Troy Reader, so he could be, you know, maybe an option for Joe Barry's defense if Devondre Campbell isn't brought back. The Raiders also released Corey Littleton, um, who we talked about on this very show as, you know, potentially being a product of Joe Barry or somebody that Joe Barry really worked to develop. So there are going to be plenty of inside linebacker options available for the Packers if Devondre Campbell is out of their price range. And as an all pro, he very well could be. Um, it's also been reported that the Packers have shown some interest in receiver and return man Ray Ray McLeod from the Steelers, which would be obviously a, a huge boost to a special teams unit that was just, I don't, I don't think you could get worse. <laughs> I don't know if abysmal is like too mean, but something's got to give on that unit. Uh, Bears return man, Jakeem Grant also is expected to be in high demand and Packers fans of course should recognize him as the guy who returned to punt 97 yards for a touchdown in week 14. So Looking at, you know, the Packers free agents that are going to become available as well, Tom Pelissero had reported earlier that he thought Marquez Valdez-Scantling could see north of $10 million in free agency, which, you know, you'd have to think prices him out of Green Bay, thinking about what they'll have to pay Devontae long-term, or other guys they might prioritize more, like potentially a Devondre Campbell or a Rasul Douglas. So what are your thoughts on a potential MVS return or departure given, you know, the speed that we've kind of seen already now from this wide receivers class at the Combine. Yeah, I, I've always kind of thought MVS would get paid and be gone. T- $10 is a little bit higher than what I was thinking, but it doesn't surprise me necessarily. Uh, last night on uh, the Twitter spaces, but, uh, by the way, check us out every <laughs> every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central until the draft. We're doing some pack-a-day Twitter spaces. Um, but on that last night, Mike Wentland mentioned that he thought MBS would get a deal similar to Tyrell Williams, and that's pretty much right in the ballpark, right, that $10 million range. Um, so if you're only known for one thing, it's nice for that one thing to be speed at wide receiver and MBS is going to be in demand. I, I yeah. think, you know, he's tall. He is really athletic. He's fast. Uh, he's shown, you know, he's certainly had some issues with drops earlier in his career, but I thought he's been pretty steady the last couple of years. Um, and he's a guy that I think a team is going to be willing to go out and pay that really high number two wide receiver money and, yeah. and just, hope for a big jump and and he deserves it right and unfortunately i i think that prices him out of green bay but um you know he definitely should go out and get paid if he can 
Yeah, really quick, you know, before we wrap the show, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously comes back, Tom Clements, a lot of the moves kind of surrounding his return have been kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, Aaron Rodgers appeasing moves. So now that that domino has fallen and Devontae Adams is coming back with guys like Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, like big Aaron Rodgers guys, do you see either of them returning to Green Bay on like a a really friendly deal? Or do you think that this cap situation is just going to be so tough that, you know, I guess, what do you prioritize with this Packers team if they're looking to go all in with Rodgers for one more year? That's a great question. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, I, like something has to happen, right? Aaron Rodgers can say all of these things that he wants to about his guys coming back. Randall Cobb can't come back at his number. He yeah. he can't. There's no other way that they can wiggle to get down under under the cap. So if Randall wants to play one more year on a vet minimum deal, I'm sure that they can make that work. That's not a cap killer, um, but they need to reduce that cap number very quickly. Right. They got what, six, five, five, six days uh, left. The clock is ticking. And, um, you know, same thing with Mercedes Lewis. He can't come back at that cap number. And so if he doesn't want to, you have to cut him. And then you have to tell Aaron, well, if you're as good of a recruiter as you say you are, tell him to come back. Or who's somebody else around the league that you love that's a really great blocker, right? Like maybe it's a Tyler Conklin from the Vikings who just had a really nice season and maybe he wants to come and play for somebody that's not Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, maybe OJ Howard got used to playing with a hall of fame quarterback and, and wants to come up and take a discount, prove himself on a one-year deal and then go get paid next off season. I, I don't know. Um, you know, Tunyon obviously is a wild card and all of that, but you can't have all of your guys back if you're Aaron Rodgers, right? Like it just, I, I hope he understands what the salary cap is because um, I think at one point he was the Packers union rep. And so, uh, you know, knowing those things is important and <laughs> there is a, a realisticness that you have to have to work within. So at this point, I don't think they're back, but um, it it does seem that, you know, if, if there's a reason to bring him back, Aaron Rodgers is it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I guess of all of them, it would be least surprising to me if if Big Dog was the one that returned. But I think a lot of that is, you know, moving parts, like you said. And there's going to have to be things are going to have to happen pretty quickly, at least at this point, if they're going to get it done by the new league year. Absolutely. So we are in for a very, very exciting week. Stay tuned back to the podcast for all the updates around the league and certainly in Green Bay. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. Kyle will be back. And next week, we'll be back with more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.